You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, November 15th. Dear colleagues, a friendly reminder that open enrollment ends this Friday, November 17th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Open enrollment is a window during which employees and retirees may change their coverage or add eligible dependents onto their health insurance. All changes made will be effective as of January 1st, 2024. Head on over to the Blink homepage and click on Open Enrollment under the News and Announcements section to find all the resources needed to take advantage of this opportunity. In other news, if you happened to miss Monday's IT Services All Hands meeting, do not fret. You can find a link to the full recording under the news section of the current homepage. Those are all the updates for this week. It was short and sweet. So now let's send it over to our pal, Mark Herzberger, who sat down with SIO's Daniel Volpe and Eugene Vivino. On to you, Mark. This is Mark Herzberger, Communications Manager from IT Services. Today, I'm joined by two special guests, and I'm going to turn it over to introduce their names and where they work. Take it away. Uh, I'll take the lead on that. Uh, name is Daniel Volpe. I work for Scripps Institute of Oceanography, and my title is I'm an Information Systems Analyst. I work specifically with the Sally Ride Research Vessel. Hi, everybody. My name is Eugene Vivino. I'm also an information systems analyst for the SHIP Cyber Infrastructure Services team, and it's great to be talking to you today. Thank you for those intros. And I'm just going to let all of our listeners know, we've heard from Eugene and Daniel before. They did a presentation during our Campus Lisa series back in September. And I recommend if anybody wants to go and watch the recording, it's at Campus Lisa dot ucsd.edu and the presentation is about an hour and they go through the whole uh, program of what they work for they have some great visuals and eugene was even broadcasting live from basically the north pole and we were able to look out the ship window and and see what he mm -hmm. saw so today during this podcast i'm going to consider it a bit of a follow-up and we're going to go more behind the scenes in the day-to-day -day of these roles. And my first question for the pair of you, I, I think you're, as far as I know, fairly new or new-ish to UCSD and SIO. How did you find your way uh, into the positions you currently have? So I've got a story behind that one. All right. So I actually grew up in the UCSD community. I grew up right down the street from UCSD. My mom was a professor. She taught Portuguese. I have been going there since I was a kid. I held a library card at Geisel when I was in high school, and I did everything actually but go to college at UCSD. I ended up going to college on the East Coast uh, near where my family is. So I came back sort of trying to find my way, and I, I actually studied Earth Environmental Sciences in college, and I've always had a gift for IT. I'm always trying to you know, bridge the two. So I was working at a company called Northrop Grumman in Carmel Mountain Ranch. And kind of trying to think about what I wanted to do in my future. And I was living in Point Loma at the time, which was really near Nimitz Marine Facility, which is right off of Rosecrans. That's where we, we keep our ships. And so I was there and the landlord's birds flew away. Not my fault, but they flew away. 
And then uh, a neighbor came over to try to help us find them. So, okay, neighbor comes over. Hi, Eugene. Like, I'm, you know. And so I say, hi there. And I saw that she was wearing a Scripps oceanography vest. And I was like, wow, like Scripps is super cool. Like, can I ask him more about what you do, et cetera? And then eventually the topic came to IT. And this was last June. Right around last June was when my boss manager, Ezra and John, they, they had started to um, talk about really, really making the ship cyber infrastructure services team. So somehow my resume ended up in front of John and Ezra. And then from then, you know, here we are. So I interviewed, I, I got the job. And um, that was, I st my first day was last January. So January 17th, I was the first hire for the team. Oh. But um, it, it, it kind of fell into my lap. I, I mean, I was open to opportunities and, and there we have it. Somebody literally knocked on my door. All right, that was Eugene speaking. Uh, can you top that story, Daniel? No, no, I can't. But, um, you know, obviously unique to me. So I, I've worked in IT pretty much the lion's share of my life in mostly academia uh, back in New York. And uh, roughly two years ago, uh, my girlfriend and I moved out to Southern California and I was consulting and I was also working at a, a software development company up in uh, uh, Orange County. And I kind of was just kind of getting to the end of the rope. Um, I just wasn't I, I just didn't know how much farther I was going to go with IT. I missed academia and uh, I was applying for jobs and I had gotten some offers. I just didn't want them. And I was getting to this point where I was needed to do some deep thinking about really what, what path I wanted to lead myself down. And I just made this conscious decision that I wasn't going to apply to anything other than what I wanted. I, and, and that was it. And, and it was kind of scary because that was, that was really slim. And I knew when we came out to Southern California about scripts, I tossed some ideas around in my head. I always wanted to bridge, like Eugene was saying, this, this, this passion, especially for the ocean, that's a main driving factor in my life. It's everything to me and how I can take the skill set that I enjoy uh, and I'm good at and put them two together. So anyway, I, I only had applied to two companies and Scripps was one of them. And it just so happened when I started to look, this thing popped up, which is to work for, you know, ship cyber infrastructure. And I had most of the skill set. And I just, I wasn't going to take no. Um, I wanted it. I, And so I was actually slightly nervous in the interview process if I hounded HR too much. And they were going to be like, oh, this guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's really it. I wasn't going to be told no. I wanted to bridge the two and and here I am. And so, yeah, that's, that's the story. Those are both great stories, pretty unique. All right. So as I understand it, you, the pair of you go on these voyages, on these research vessels, the trips are weeks, if not months at a time. What's it like being away for so long? And what is a typical day like? Sure. And I can talk a little bit to that. So there are people in scripts that travel way more than we do. Mm -hmm. So our team is actually pretty new in the sense that our ships in the last two to three years, we've worked really hard, specifically, you know, John Meyer and the high season net team. He has, we've worked really hard to get better internet on our ships. So like you saw, I video chatted from the North Arctic and you would have hardly known because the internet quality was so mm -hmm. good. Our other ships also have Starlink and, you know, really high quality, robust services that allow us to manage our equipment remotely. 
So our contract says we sail about two months a year. Mm-hmm. Actually, this month I've I've pushed that a little bit. I think I've been out of the country about a third of the year at this point, or at least out of San Diego that long. But usually, so for example, Sally Ride is is doing a, the Cal Coffee Cruise right now. We are supporting them remotely. We have okay. the ability to go into any of our systems in a secure way to help the instrumentation techs and you know res techs, anybody on board the crew who need assistance remotely. And so that also allows us to do is have a central pool of talent for cybersecurity and IT related things on shore that sort of can provide around the clock service. If somebody, I, I've had a phone call from South Africa say, hey, Eugene, can you fix my laptop? My printer's not working. I can wrote into that machine, uh, bing, bang, boom, and get it working again from halfway around the world. Okay. What are things like for you, Daniel? So I haven't actually been out as much as Eugene, but in the cruises that I've been on, it's really exciting. It, it's really exciting because again, you know, able to to take these years of experience that I have and then apply them to these. There's a lot of commonality in what I'm traditional onshore cyber infrastructure data centers and that all that all that IT speaking gear exists on these ships. It's just that you know when you go out outside, it's you know you're surrounded by water. So it is it is really cool. It is really cool to be able to do IT work on the ship on the sea and then uh, take a break, open the door and walk outside and literally just be surrounded by ocean. I do pinch myself a lot. And it also sometimes is laugh worthy when I'll be sitting there uh, doing some IT related matter and staring out a window and just seeing the ocean. And I always kind of like, like, I don't know if that will ever get old because I, I know when I've sat inside, I've wondered about the ocean or watched the surf ca- camera or, you know, was thinking about being at the beach. And so, yeah. All right. This is something we were joking about a little before we started the recording, but I want to know what the food is like. Oh, geez. Okay. So it's not like I want to sneak on a cruise just to eat, but I mean, the chefs turn it out. I mean, I've only eaten on Sally Ride, but big shout out to all the culinary staff there because they they absolutely just, they kill it. And it's the one thing that I've had to learn on these cruises is, you, you know, just you could expand your waist belt pretty easy because there's the food is really good. And then outside of the set times for the meals, there's great snacks. So I look forward to and try never to miss a meal. I fully agree with that. It's some of the best food I've ever had in San Diego. Yeah, like, I don't know how they do it. It's impossible what they do gosh, on a ship. So, like it's 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 mind blowing how good it is. Yeah. So you're saying there's there's like I guess you would call it a galley, and then there's chefs and cooks churning out fresh fresh meals a few times a day. Absolutely right. Yeah, there's a galley, and then everybody eats at one of three set meal times. Sometimes there's a fourth one called mid rats. Okay. At least on ride, and I can also speak to Healy too. So. There's a mealtime. Crew usually eats first in the science party. And it's delicious. And like we're talking about like serious food. Like, like if you're gonna keep your crew happy, food is one way that you can do that. Yeah. 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 No stretch. You could just imagine. It's not like you're having hot dogs and hamburgers. These are these are well thought out, delicious meals. You know, we're having Mahi, we're having, oh. I don't know, Sam Shank was another one. Oh yeah, the breakfast. Oh. And then breakfast is always great because you have these 
always a smoothie, which is, you know, on top of having whatever eggs Benedict or I don't know, some kind of omelet or you have this nice smoothie and oh, it's great. Sounds like, sounds like everybody's living large out on the high seas. What about, is there, is there downtime you need to fill in or is, is it like 24 seven doing the, the IT work when you're out? So that's another, that's another good question. So I, I'll talk a little bit about my recent cruise to uh, near the North Pole. So if anybody wasn't aware, I went on U.S. Coast Guard Cutter Healy from Kodiak, Alaska, all the way to Tromsø, Norway. And we went, you know, through the Bering Strait right next to Russia, all the way above Russia, and then down from about 85 degrees north to Tromsø, Norway, which is at about 70. That was a 38-day cruise. So a cruise like that, you're, you're stretching your fresh food a little bit thinner. So one of the things that I thought was interesting is that the salad bar, like once the salad bar went away, that's when you knew okay. <laughs> like you out there, like the lettuce would progressively get a little less, less fresh. I mean, they, they actually did a fantastic job making it fresh and, you know, a good variety all the time on Healy, for example, there were always really delicious desserts. They had, you know, like Alaskan tea, they'd bring out of nowhere. Like, where did that come from? Like they'd, they'd have all these surprises. And they always have a birthday cake at the end of the month for oh. people whose birthdays it is that month. And then they'd have, you know, different food that was interesting enough that you didn't get bored. Okay. And as far as IT work, when you're working on a when you're working on the ship, there are no days off. Right. So you're working all the time. If somebody needs something in the middle of the night, usually there is coverage, but if it's your so basically we would have shifts. So one person's shift might be from 6 to 2 p.m. And then, you know, somebody would also have to cover overnight just because the science operations are 24-7. And that's also, so our team supports the infrastructure that allows the instruments to work. So we're also 24-7. If, mm -hmm. if there's an urgent situation on the other side of the world, they would message us on Slack or they can call us or email us and we'll get their, we'll get them the help that they need to be able to continue doing this very important work. So we have a big team for that reason. We actually have pretty good time coverage. Like you'll mm -hmm. regularly see people message us at 5 a.m. And one of us is typically awake at that point. And so I've I've been the one, for example, like Ravel, um, one of our ships had an issue with their internet. Somebody reached out, which is protocol. And then I went in, I fixed it. You see that all the time. If, if people mm -hmm. have issues, they just contact us and one of us gets to them. And then we talk amongst ourselves as part of our system admin pool. We help them from shore. But yeah, the techs, we partner very closely with them on the ships and it's a 24-hour operation all the time. Okay. Oh, go ahead, Daniel. Oh, no, I was going to say, Mark, and when there isn't, when there isn't a need for, for, you know, IT support at that, Sally Wright, to give you an idea, is there is, um there is a considerable gym that's in the belly of the ship. Okay. Uh, that, that you can go and blow off some steam down there. And there's also kind of in different parts, there's some other exercise equipment. So, if you felt like you wanted to, I mean, you could be exercising on the ship as well, which I take full advantage of. I and mean, that also is, again, it, it's so picturesque. You could be doing some kind of, there's a rowing machine that's outside and you could be doing that, but you're staring at the ocean. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. For each of you in these roles, what has been the most surprising or unexpected either element in general or, or thing that has happened to you? Wow. I mean, I guess for me, surprising is that I have this job, but I'm, I'm learning so much about equipment related to oceanographic research mm -hmm. 
that I I don't think I'd ever could have dreamed, you know, because it's we are obviously supporting cyber infrastructure that um, you would see again on land, but then the the next level up is that it, it's it's communicating with all these really cutting edge state of the art equipment to run these science missions, and so yeah, to be able to get a little bit closer and a, and a little more understanding and exposure to that. That to me, it still hasn't worn off. I mean, it's only been four to five months, but um, I just, yeah, I just want to keep going. For me, the most interesting part of this job is it's shown me how small the world is. I just went all the way around the world, only going west. Okay, I came back. Like, and then like also, we've had team members go to Australia. Uh, I visited Mauritius pretty recently, and you know, other trips like to Seattle. And it's just been like, wow, like the world is not infinite like the planet is not an infinite thing mm-hmm. and it's shown me that and like when we're working with users who one day the ship is in um you know india the next day it's in chile and it was like oh that was only like a couple weeks right and when we look at these maps and like where the ships are going to be it's like like it's going to be there now it's going to be up here it's like wow like like these these ships really move around quick it just has shown me like yeah the world like we should take care of it. Like it's not a, an infinite thing that we can just exploit forever. It's very much showing me that. It's beautiful too. Like when you're out there, it's breathtaking. Some of the things you get to see. Oh yeah. Yeah, that was even like recently that last cruise, just the amount of whales we saw on the way out leaving San Diego. I was like, oh boy, so nice. Do you, do you ever get like scared or nervous about anything out there? If there's... A storm or anything? What's that like? On the first cruise I went up from from San Diego to to Oregon, uh, we hit about two and a half days of of rough seas. And one day in particular, mm-hmm. where when I had asked, they said the seas were 10, 10 to fifteen foot, and I, I have no gauge on that. I just, yes. but I don't know if I felt really scared because everybody everybody's so professional and seasoned mm-hmm. that, that there's no there's no look of concern on their faces. So since they're cool, then I'm I'm gonna be cool. But mm-hmm. my my bunk was at the front of the ship, I think, because they, you know it was they wanted to maybe you know extend a greeting to ships. And every time we would smash through a wave, and the whole bunk would vibrate. I actually didn't feel scared. Actually, it was I kind of felt like a little kid, like because everything's rocking. And yeah. I don't I don't know, but yeah, I guess. I guess again, because everybody's is, is really on top of their game, it it doesn't feel scary. But I don't know. I Eugene, you hit some rough weather when you were up in in the Arctic, right? So here's the interesting part: when there was ice around us, it was perfectly still. The ice will absorb the energy from the swells, and the mm. ship through ice doesn't actually make that much turbulence inside the ship. It's actually very loud, though. So you can be in the mm. galley and you have to like yell across the table, like, "Hey, like, how do you like the dinner?" But uh, once we got out of the ice, then it started moving and like Healy can move. And so I got seasick for the first time after we left the Arctic, mm. Barents Sea near Svalbard. And that was rough. And um, usually with me, like I'll get a little bit queasy the first day that we see some swells and then it goes away. And fortunately, that's what happened here too. Some of my colleagues just don't get seasick at all. Mm. And um so it's 
It's something you have to adapt to. I mean, there are medications you can take. Um, Meclizine is a good one, which is like a better version of Dramamine. Um, there are some like sort of watch looking things you can wear that'll send pulses through your body that'll sort of help regulate your your nervous system. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as your earlier question, feeling scared, I fully agree with Daniel. Everybody's on their A game. There's nothing to worry about. Mm. And even if there was something to worry about, like there are procedures in place. Yeah. Um, and there's support available that it's fine. Like I, I've never had any trouble being on any of the ships. I wanted to, maybe we'll close up with this, just a little bit deeper dive uh, into the work. I think you both described your kind of working on the cyber infrastructure. Can you try to go into a little more detail on the specifics or some of the you know, equipment or, or programs you use to conduct your work? For sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, with focus to security, we're, we're, we're leveraging, you know, um, UCSD security tools like Qualys and, and FireEye now on, on the ships, which are helping to just, uh, you know, have us a good window into to our any kind of vulnerabilities mm-hmm. or anything that uh, any kind of security posture that we need. So that's that's been a big help. And putting read-only domain controllers on the ships as well has been has been helping out a lot with with authentication and um, campus VPN and enterprise firewalls. I mean, all, all of these things that we're being able to use has just helped to make, you know, um, administration of a- any of the technologies that we have on the ship um, a, a bit okay. easier. Um, Eugene, anything I, I may be missing? Yeah, well, also like we, um, our DNS is going to be linked to campus extremely soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing, so uh, we mentioned that both of us came from industry. A lot of people from our team came from enterprise IT environments. Yeah, and starting to treat ships as floating buildings. Okay. Um, and we want to bring these enterprise IT best practices to this environment because um, it's critical that we have up to date, robust cybersecurity to protect. Uh, the people on these ships and the work that we're doing. Okay. Especially year over year as the environments become more challenging for, you know, cybersecurity as methods to hack become more sophisticated. And so we work very hard to ensure that we provide the best service that we can for the people who come onto our ships and also to make sure that our ships are safe and performant. Any parting uh, comments or things you would want to mention before we <clears throat> wrap up our interview here today? I guess I'd love to say I feel extremely fortunate to be able to work with um, scripts and and also with UCSD. Mm-hmm. I love getting to you know go to the office and also go to the docs and and just talk to people mm-hmm. and some of the stories they have. My goodness, like they travel. Like a lot of these people, like sometimes I've some of my coworkers have been to Antarctica and they're showing me pictures of penguins on their iPhones. <laughs> Wait, the penguins have iPhones? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. <laughs> I think, you know, I'm trying to say like, like uh, they pull out their iPhones and show the penguins, but um, like, and, and they've been to everywhere. Like um, just like the stories that we tell on our team, even about, you know, former expeditions, we call them cruises mm-hmm. that some of our team members have been on. Like we, we on our small little seven person team have decades of seagoing experience mm-hmm. yeah. um, and it's a unique crowd. And so um, we aim to support the very unique things that Scripps does um, to the best of our ability. And it's it's a new adventure every day, whether or not we get to go on the ship. Yeah, okay. That's a good point. Yeah, that is a good point. 
even if you're not on on an active cruise, I I'm, I'm, I feel like what's happening around you is is just exciting at the end of the day, and it, it keeps you really wanting to do the best you possibly can do for for scripts and and for UCSD. That's a good note to end it on. Uh, Daniel, Eugene, I very much uh, appreciate you spending the time and telling us more about the work that you do. And thank right. you for having us. Yeah, thank you, Mark. It's been, it's, it's been fun. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.